Hello and welcome to the the midweek movie club. I'm Connor, and with me is Oliver. Hello, Connor. <laughs> I'm <laughs> all right, chap. <laughs> I can't keep that open for what was going to be the entire podcast. We we've been seeing our a fucking Guy Ritchie film this fucking week. I, I'm not doing the right sort of London accent for what this fucking film was about. I can I can detect like a small Cockney uh, twang in there, but for the most part, it seems like you're just making <laughs> making up an accent yeah, or, or blending a, a couple together. I'm just a, a humble chimney sweep from <laughs> London town, <laughs> like what Gar Ritchie is. Uh, that's that, that's like um, offensive uh, Cockney accent to the to the level of um, what's his name, Mary Poppins guy. Mary Poppins, <laughs> that classic Guy Ritchie villain. <laughs> right. So anyway. Um, what do you... <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it for the entire thing. Right. So the film we went to see this week is The Gentleman by Guy Ritchie, as um as you may have possibly seen so by now. Adequately described by myself. <laughs> um, it uh, so first of all, right impressions of the film. So this is non. We're doing non-spoilers first. Last week we uh, we kind of mixed the two. We forgot to say um. Because we kind of recommended it at the end that you should go and see it, but then we kind of ruined it. So, yeah, but to be fair, it was cats. So yeah, I forgot actually that it was cats. They ruined it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was ruined before we stepped foot in the cinema. Wasn't anything to do with us. So um, yeah, we're gonna give a brief overview and a, a brief impression of of what we thought of this one, um, and then basically tell you whether or not you you should go and see it. Uh, in our opinion, anyway, um, and then for the most part, it's gonna be spoiler heavy. We're just gonna talk about the movie in with the assumption that you've already seen it. Um, so if you haven't seen it already, after we've done the the brief overview, if you want to go see it, pause it, go watch the movie, come back and listen to us chat about it. Do you think there's much to spoil in this movie? Because we've seen it. It's been a few days, so I've had a chance to think about it. And I don't think there's much... There's not much to spoil in this film. There's a couple of twists, a couple of classic gangstery twists, some murders. There's definitely some murders, a lot of murder. Yeah, it, I mean, it's not it's not groundbreaking by any means. I enjoyed I enjoyed the no. experience. I don't expect a Guy Ritchie film to be groundbreaking, though, I suppose. No, well, <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose that's, that's very true. Um... Well, no, no. He's, I I think he's a, he's a good director. He's directed a oh, few. Oh yeah, films, he's though, a very yeah. good director. Um, we all enjoyed Aladdin, <laughs> the live action version right, of Aladdin. That, that, that we, is so surprising <laughs> that we just realised by looking at his IMDb <laughs> that he made. That is very very surprising. But anyway, we digress. So, um, oh good, we're talking about Will Smith films again. <laughs> Aladdin. <laughs> um, so, uh, right. We I enjoyed this movie personally. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. It I had a really good time watching it. the The action is very good. Um, it's it it's very gory as well. Like um, I sp- well, I suppose gory might might be a, a bit uh, might not be the right word, but they're it's, not afraid of a blood pack. Yeah, it's it's very uh, it's very violent, and but I you know it's it serves the story well in my opinion. Yeah, I was never distracted by the blood i was never distracted by the violence and stuff uh the choreography is really good very good i would say the fighting is is it's very very believable it's it seems like you like an actual scrap almost yeah and i can remember all the fight sequences yeah there's the one in the warehouse and the one in that other warehouse the one in that 
crappy heroin den apartment. The one in the office of the warehouse. It's a very warehouse-heavy film. <laughs> there are a lot of warehouses. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, but all in all, it was a good experience. We saw it with another friend of ours, and he thought the same thing. It was it was an enjoyable ride. It was it was quite thrilling. Um, it wasn't. Um, I mean, it the some of some of the time you you kind of you knew what was going to happen. It wasn't it wasn't exactly subtle. It was it was quite by the books, if you will. Um, but that didn't really detract from my enjoyment of the film itself. No, and I think that was because the story and the way that it was told wasn't overly linear and it wasn't very by the books. It was told sort of in the style of... Um, Hugh, it is Hugh Grant, isn't it? Mm. Hugh Grant's character is sort of pitching, almost like pitching a film to Charlie Hunnam's character one night about the events that have all just happened to them, to them all. Yeah, so I you sort of seen it through there. I I quite liked that they did that. It it just kept it it kept it fresh, kind of. Yeah, and it allows for sort of, um, I don't know if you could call it art like author bias, but it's like the it's it looks the way that Hugh Grant wants it to look, and he keeps getting pulled up on that by some of the other characters, and sort of so we see a scene one way, and it's really interesting because it's like a big gory fight, and they're like, well, that's not really how it happened, so they drag it back, and then. You get to see how it did happen. Yeah, but um, but sometimes when that happened, I was like, oh, damn, I wish it did go like that. Yeah, the, sometimes the gory fight's more interesting. Yeah, so should we uh, should we just talk about whether or not you should go see it now? Uh, if you like Guy Ritchie films, and if you like action, it's not doesn't it take itself too seriously. I think, yeah, I would go see it. I think it's really good. Mm. Um, considering it's a it's like a gangster movie, it is still quite funny as well, mm-hmm. which uh, which I also quite appreciated. So, should we, uh, uh, using the same kind of rating system as we did last week, I would say go see this at the cinema. Uh, it's quite an enjoyable experience in the cinema, and I think if you get a group of friends together as well, it will make it even better. Yeah, I think it's worth going out and seeing it. I think uh, it's worth spending the money on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, if you can get it, if you can get it in a quiet cinema, uh, sort of a weekday, and there isn't a prick three rows in front of you, Snapchatting the entire fucking thing. Oh my god! With his fucking phone on full brightness, I was ready to fucking take a Glock and stick it in that fucking, stick it in that cunt's fucking mouth and fucking bleeding fucking dry. Wow, you went for the C word right off the bat. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that may have been blamed, I don't know. Um yeah, oh my god, like that was so distracting as well. Like it <laughs> right, if if you are one of those people, right? Just just don't don't use your phone in the fucking mm. cinema. And I'm not sure how it is in other cinemas, um whether or not it's it, it's just sort of the view or um or uh, by the way, view is is a is a is cinema conglomerate or a franchise um or whether that we, are, or, that we are not sponsored by that we are not but we could be view get in touch <laughs> um, or if it's uh, even if it's just a even if it's an international thing but before movies start there tends to be some sort of um almost instructional video um usually voiced by a, a, a recognizable uh, famous it's john Boyega now it will, it will, yeah, which yeah. is very ironic the idea that that's the second time your phone's gone off in two episodes I'm too popular is that's my problem but yeah well just like john Boyega. Um, he would. He told you to switch off your phone, Carl. You should have done that. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was very ironic that he was telling you to get off your phone when, over the last couple of weeks, he's been on his phone saying some pretty mean stuff about some people who made 
some movies that maybe he was in. Oh, really? He's not been overly kind to Ryan Johnson huh. on social media, and he's had to do quite a few restrictions. Uh, let's let's put a pin in that because I want to hear about that because I haven't, I haven't. But, but that, that's you know that's not the point of this this podcast anyway. No, it's to talk about Will Smith films. <laughs> no, but no, yeah. So the uh, before the movie starts, there's usually um, uh, somebody saying basically uh, switch off from the outside world, switch off your phone, don't disturb. Basically, don't be a prick. Don't disturb anybody who's watching the film. And then this guy's word for word actually what it is. This guy did not take that to heart. I don't. I think he was probably too busy on his phone to to listen to that message. And oh my god, like I just see out the corner of my eye, and I kept looking at him, and then and then it just took me away from the film. If you don't want to watch the film, fuck off. Yeah. Go away. Exactly. Don't ruin it for everybody else. Exactly. And it was already quite a busy cinema, which I don't like. Where we where we live and where we're from, it's relatively small. Like we got. Six screens, but they're not always full. They're unusually very rarely full. And if if you time it right, you go. We we have the right times that we go, and you can usually get it to if not on your own, pretty close to being on your own. Yeah, there's usually only a handful of people there, but we don't tend to go to like opening weekends anymore unless it's something. No, we really stopped going to opening nights, didn't we? It was what was it? Doctor Strange was the last one we went to. It might have been. Or Ant-Man and the... No, Ant-Man. We went to see Ant-Man opening night. When was the last time we went to see a midnight show in? Like, I think it was Ant-Man. Was it? Right. Oh, wow. That's we went to see the new Power Rangers, Rangers movie at 11.35. Mm. <laughs> oh, I remember God. that. Yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> we were the only ones in there. <laughs> that was and it. we talked throughout the entire film. Yeah. And I, that, was, that made it better for me, honestly. To, to this day, that's probably one of my... Or possibly the best inner experience I've ever had yeah that is probably one of my favorite cinema experiences just because we could talk all the way through we could make fun of it it was like doing a commentary track yeah but at a cinema yeah exactly and we were just absolutely ripping them and then the theme the power rangers main theme came on and we freaked out that was so good <laughs> just up in our chairs yes go go power rangers <laughs> Right, so anyway, I'm going to steer the ship back to the film that we we're supposed to be talking about. Oh yeah, the, the we, we went to see a film, didn't we? Um, so, uh, so there, there you have it. That's our review. I, w- I would recommend that you go and see it if you like these Guy Ritchie kind of films. So, spoilers. Spoilers. Hugh Grant's a bit weird, isn't he? Hugh Grant is really weird, but I liked, uh, I liked his performance. I try to think of different films I've seen by Hugh Grant and. And he, this is probably, in my opinion, this is the funniest he's ever been. Um, you don't think he was hilarious when he was the Prime Minister in Love Actually? And he was going out with that girl with big fat thighs? <laughs> she was thick. Um, no, uh, uh, to be honest, I, it's, been a while, it's been years since I've watched Love, Love Actually. You don't sit down and watch Love Actually every Christmas? No. You are not British. <laughs> my go-to Christmas film is Die Hard, obviously. I've never seen Die Hard. You... Get out <laughs> of my own house. Um, I've seen a, f- a handful of his films. Uh, my, I would say my favorite one that he's been in, uh, from memory, is probably about a boy. I don't actually think I've seen any other Hugh Grant films. Really? Oh well. Um, that, <laughs> well, that that means that this uh this segment of the of the show will be a bit short. Uh, his his sense of humor. Is usually very dry and self-deprecating. Whether or not that's his sense of humor, it's just it just happens to be the writers or the director's sense of humor in the films is, that he's been in. I, I don't know, but this is um, it's a, from from what I've seen anyway. It's a very very different 
Hugh Grant performance or Hugh Grant character. Um, yeah, he, should we, should, we should probably describe what he is. He's basically like a very Cockney. Is he Cockney? He isn't. He? Oh, yeah, that's a very thick Cockney accent. Yeah, he's a very sort of London, like PI almost. Like he's going around, he's taking photos of celebs when they're getting out of the bath. He's making, proving that your significant others cheating on you for money. He's selling, selling stories, selling smut. Yeah, yeah, is is he must be like a freelance photographer or journalist or something like that, and he and he works for a tabloid, or rather, he's being hired by um some sort of tabloid um who, who the main character is has in some way pissed off. They want to do a hit piece on Mickey. Yeah, and so he he's been hired for the job, and he's he's very sneaky, very weaselly, um, but he's also very likable as well. <laughs> he's like a. A dirty, sexually charged Bryn from Gavin and Stacey. That's a very, very accurate way to describe that's it. Just, that's, the, that's exactly what I was getting from him. And I, I love his accent as well. Uh, I mean, I don't know many Cockneys, uh, so I don't know how like how close it is, uh, but it was believable to me anyway. And I, I loved, I loved the rapport he had with um, I, I forgot the character's name, but it's Charlie Hunnam's character, um, the like the right hand man of 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 Mickey, um, I, I, I just love the rapport that they that they had. It was, it almost seemed like they were already well acquainted. Uh, I think they've probably, they've probably met. Yeah, they seem like he's uh, he knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, you guys' character, and he's he's in the underworld, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. He's he's got his hand in there, um, probably from previous stories, I would imagine. But there was there's, there's, there was a number of, of different um, lines that he said, like when when um, when Charlie Hunnam's character tried to like kick him out of the house and said he was going to bed, and he was like, "Can I come with you?" Yeah, he's, he's he spends most of, if not the entire film, just hitting on Charlie Hunnam yeah. relentlessly. Being very, which, s- if you were in Charlie Hunnam's house, you can't tell me you wouldn't do exactly the same. You know what? I can't deny that. I don't know how I would react in that situation, but I I loved their interactions throughout the film, and 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 it, they basically were talking throughout the film because that's you know that's the, the premise of the film is he is he's broke into his house essentially and then he's pitching a story, um, but <laughs> yeah, that that is one thing about the film that I just I love more than anything I think, <laughs> just thinking about all of the interactions now is still making me laugh. I think yeah I think all of the 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 cast is all brilliant. A lot of them are um, say Guy Ritchie veterans. Obviously, Charlie Hunnam did King Arthur. Um, I'm sure a I film mean, that I enjoyed, but apparently nobody else in the world did. Yes, another one of one of the film that um, we really like, but for some reason nobody else likes. Henry Golding's actually. I haven't seen Henry Golding in too much actually. I saw him in Last Christmas over Christmas. Where it's him and what's her face from Game of Thrones, and it's like she doesn't like to sing at Christmas or something. He was dry eye. He was the oh, Chinese. Okay. Is he Chinese? I don't know if Henry. Right. Chinese, I was trying. I was trying to think who the hell is that. I recognise the name. Um, to be honest, this is the first film I've seen him in. I think. I think. He's he's very good. He's a good. Um, people have some people have pitched him for like a for James Bond, and they kind of mention that in this film that he's. His character is a bit like a like a, a James Bond from the East. He's very suave. He's very well put together. But then he does have a bit of a temper on him. Yeah, a bit a bit of a temper might be on. He's really really likable. 
up until the point where he tries to rape that guy's wife. That seemed like it came out of nowhere, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, that was the one scene I thought that was really out of place. It was really yeah, and and I'm not I'm not saying like oh, rape you can't have that in a movie because I mean that you know oh, no no you can't yeah, I think more films should have rape in them <laughs> but that's not what I was getting at I that's was thinking, word I, for word what you just said Connor <laughs> I was, I was, I've cut it out but he definitely did say that <laughs> no I was getting at like if I mean it happens in life so you can't exactly um you know pretend that it doesn't by by having it not in any by not having it in any movies but if that character was um you know seem likely to commit that heinous act then it would be more it would be less out of place yeah he did he seemed very put together throughout the entire film and then just absolutely lost it when that woman had a she had like a gun we're a bit all over the place with this one as well we will go right back to the beginning and sort of do it properly but it was that it's the scene where she has a it's they keep calling it a paperweight but it's very clearly a real gun and I guess that's just like it's sort of there's a lot of like um underhanded talk and people being nice to people's face, but it's clear there's like tension in the air and stuff. I think the more and more of that you have, the sometimes you can really lose um you can lose the audience if you're not following it absolutely bang on. And sometimes those scenes went on for so long and they kept like retconning themselves because they weren't like, no no, that's not how that's not how the scene actually went, and like the the characters would take themselves back. So I think there were a couple of times where I was like, "What?" Yeah, um, like the the whole um paperweight gun thing, I didn't really understand that because they were it was they were calling it a paperweight because obviously it's illegal to own a handgun in the UK, but they are drug dealers, so I don't really understand why they had a problem with it. I guess the idea is that sort of uh, Matthew McConaughey's character Mickey. Is sees himself as more of like a not a socialite, but a lot of what he does is with like the upper classes, and it's the sort of thing where you never admit that's what you do. Like how gangsters in films always say, like, "Oh yeah, we're part of the shipping and handling trade." Yeah, okay, yeah, bodies to Graves. the, the underworld <laughs> and handle problems where we murder people. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I get that. I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean. I didn't mind it anyway when it was happening. What other characters? Um, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he. The classic British drug dealer <laughs> of an American old man. <laughs> I really liked him in this, though. I did, but I think he definitely was gonna be British originally, and then Matthew McConaughey can't do a British accent. You know what? You're probably right. To because be the fact that he was American was never important, and it never made sense to me. Well, I mean, the fact that it wasn't important didn't really. It didn't really need to make sense because it it just it was just uh, it happened to be a character trait. Mm. It's just it's just who he was, and it, it but was... it's like it wasn't even didn't even feel really feel to me like he liked England. Like he wasn't like really into like Britishness, and that's why he was here. No, he came over originally, I guess, for it was a scholarship or something. Yeah, yeah, because like, he's really smart. He's really good at botany or something. That's why he grows weed. Yeah, and then he he started selling drugs to the upper class, obviously, and then things escalated from there uh but i i know I, I didn't mind the fact that it was american because it I, no, mean, I, didn't, I didn't mind either i just definitely think my female kind of here can't do a british accent i don't and think i will he can go do, on the record as saying that i don't think he'd do any other accent than the accent that he has i've never seen him do any other accent okay we're mm. talking about my female kind of here by the way so i need to do it all right all right all right i'll do my matthew McConaughey impression as well 
I've taken my shirt off and I'm absolutely ripped. <laughs> you can't see it because it's an audio medium, but I can promise you I've absolutely nailed it. <laughs> it's getting hot in this room right now. I He knocks it out of the park, to be honest. I believe I believe everything that he says. I believe his performance quite a lot. Um, and he's... He's he's a very a very likable character, but then there there is a there's a, a few scenes where he just turns terrifying. Yeah, you really understand where he's coming from most of the time. He's basically the idea is that he's trying to sell up and re- sell the farm literally, because that's where all the drugs are and he, retire. Yeah, yeah. he's he, yeah he's trying to get out of of this business basically. Um, I don't know, just well you know he's trying to go straight to, so he can. I don't even know if it's that. He's just done. He's just like, I'm I'm done. I'm sort of, I've done what I was going to do. And I want to, you know, go for a walk in a field with my wife. Yeah, I feel that. Which is fair enough. Sometimes that, you just want to go for a walk in a field yeah, with your wife. I feel that he doesn't own and doesn't have drugs underneath in a high-tech weed-growing facility. He has so many drugs underneath fields. Oh, yeah. Twelve. They say, they say that a lot. Yeah, they do 12 say that. And right, okay, so he's trying to sell his business to this other American guy, um, whose name is the menacing, terrifying villain that is Matthew. Oh god. That name Only is ever called silly. Matthew, and then it's just a man mostly in turtlenecks. <laughs> yes. He again, it, I mean, he's not a, no, he's not a likable character because he's a very weaselly character. He's also not scary in any way, and he's we're in spoilers now, aren't we? Yeah. Spoiler alert. He, the deal is not going well, and he's the reason. He's, like, trying to drive down the price so that he can get it dirt cheap. Um, right. Am I the only one who knew he was, uh, he was the, the, you know, the main antagonist almost immediately? Um. I'll, I'll tell you when I, I knew it. It was when those kids broke into his weed farm and and stole everything. Oh, the weed farm that only Matthew knew where it was. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that weed that, farm. That's the reason. Like, they were, like who could have who could have known the location of our farms? A very the top secret is like um, probably the the only outsider you've shown it to in some time. You know the yeah, you showed him yesterday, and then he got broken into that night. Yeah, I wonder so, who it could have been. Yes, exactly. So I that that was the moment. I was like, yeah, obviously, uh, I don't understand why. Um, I, I, why they've suddenly lost IQ points and can't understand that that, that he's because they trust Matthew so much. He was wearing a trilby, Connor. <laughs> he was. Oh, you you're right. And Actually, those, those turtlenecks. Oh my God, he's a genius. He was wearing turtlenecks and trilbies to lull you into a false sense of security. No impotent man who wears turtlenecks and trilbies could. Pos- I've, I've added the impotency that that's not part of it. But I mean, he's wearing a turtleneck and a trilby. Of course, he is. <laughs> also, there aren't really any other characters in this film so like it's very clear that somebody is behind it there's nobody else it really could unless it was going to be charlie hunnam's character which it's it feels like it kind of can it could be at one point it and i didn't get that sense at all i i got the sense that those that um charlie hunnam's character and matthew mcconaughey's character were very very close and like he he almost like worshipped the ground that he stood on. Um, I would have like, liked to have like seen brothers. their backstory. Yeah, that would have been quite like interesting. How Charlie Hunnam came to work for the business and stuff. That would have been quite interesting, actually. What other characters are there? There is the love interest of of, of um, uh, Mickey, of Matthew McConaughey's character. She's fine. She's just kind of there a lot of the time. She's 
did their relationship Mich- seem believable to you? Yes, I think it did. Yeah, Michelle Doherty, that's who it is. Um, I liked her. Um, yeah, she's like a famous British actress and a lot of Downton Abbey and stuff. Yeah, I thought I, th- I thought they were believable. Yeah, I quite enjoyed their interactions. They've got a good chemistry. They do. Yeah, they were very saucy for adults of their age. Saucy. I actually don't know how old she is, but he's got to be in his 50s. Yeah, well, he doesn't look like it could be. He's probably in his... I don't know. If if he's in his 50s, he looks very good for his age, I would say. Um, but yeah, their relationship I thought was good. There isn't really any other women in the film. No. Unless I'm forgetting one and being really sexist. No, I mean, I mean, there probably are other women characters, but not in the main cast. Like, not none that um, have a big impact in the to the narrative i mean there is the uh the the lord's daughter um who uh mickey is tasked with finding in a in a drug i den. really thought that was a boy when you see her in the drug den when she's sitting on the settee scagged out of her head <laughs> you, well, i yeah. really thought it was a boy well she's uh i mean she's on heroin so they tend to just basically be almost skeletons at that point yeah androgynous skeletons oh we haven't talked about colin farrell who is absolutely brilliant in this I film. I absolutely love him. He's coach. hilarious. He's so good. He has a fight scene in a chip shop, is it? Something like that. Yeah, like a fish and chip shop. Where he's basically fighting these youths using like salt and vinegar and stuff. It's very good. <laughs> Bloody youths. Yeah, he basically just slaps the crap out of them. He doesn't throw any punches, he just slaps them. Yeah, and they've all got knives and he's just slapping them out of his hands <laughs> and hitting them with vinegar and stuff. Oh, it's so good. Uh, there's something so satisfying about a bunch of chavs just getting their ass kicked because they think they're like the toughest thing in the world. There's a lot of the lot of young lads thinking though they're the well hard, getting the shit kicked out of them. I have a feeling that Guy Ritchie was maybe mugged like two or three years ago by some youths, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, they're not as hard as they fucking think they are. I'll show them. <laughs> I'll show them. I'll put them in my movie and have them cry to their mothers. Have Colin Farrell <laughs> kick the shit out? Not Colin Farrell. Colin Fur. No, Colin Farrell. Colin yeah, it's Fur. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yes, Colin, Val- Colin, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Have him kick the shit out of them, and then have him ban, have sex with a pig. <laughs> that remind right when when that happened, it it took my mind back to the first ever episode of Black Mirror, um, and it's the way like you you don't see the act by the way. It's not. I mean, you all know this because it's... I think it's in Black Mirror, I was like, you do see it in Black Mirror. Well, yeah, um, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm saying that, um, as if you don't know that, because we're in the spoilers now anyway. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't see it, but it's still absolutely hilarious. The you way hear they it, all... you hear it. Yeah, yeah, you, you hear, hear it. everything that's going and, and, on. And when they re- the, like the way they react to it when they're, <laughs> when they're looking at it, it's so good. Like, when Colin Farrell's like, he's showing it to uh, to Mickey, and he's, and he's like, I'm shocked, and I was there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. How do you think it compares to um, the rest? I mean, we haven't seen... We talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of the early Guy Ritchie films. Um, How do you define early? Um, before Sherlock Holmes. I can't think of any, to be honest. Um, rock and Roller. I've seen some of Rock and Roller... Snatch, Revolver, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking. Sort mm-hmm. of that era of old school Guy Ritchie, I'm not too all fair with. No, they sound like, um, most, most if not all of them, sound like gangster movies. It's all sort of, it's all very Guy Ritchie. But 
I'm not usually a fan of gangster films. I don't know why. I just never got into them. Um, well, a lot of well, a lot of the more recent Guy Ritchie films that we have seen aren't. Um, they aren't gangster films. Stuff like King Arthur, which we said we really like. Man from Uncle, which I liked. I forgot that he directed that actually, and that is another film that I really enjoy. Putting a weird choice to put Henry Cavill off the back of Superman in a double-breasted suit to make him look like the widest human being that's ever existed. He was so wide. It was so, it was like when they put um, Chris Evans in that really thick knit, knit sweater in Knives Out when he'd clearly just come off filming Endgame and he was like the broadest human being ever. I think the, uh, they hid that pretty well though because uh, most of the clothes were, were baggy and I think that was probably to hide his ripping muscles. Oh, that, that really thick white knit sweater though, I was like, Jesus Christ. He looks like he was pull a tugboat out of the sea by by his hands. <laughs> I think this is I mean, I'm a big I do like the Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Jew Law Sherlock films, but I accept that they're not quality films. Like they're not good films. I just like them a lot. Are they not good films? I think they're considered good films, are they? Mm, they're alright. I mean I mean, I enjoyed them, but I, if I, somebody else had made them, maybe they would be considered good films. But I guess because it's Guy Ritchie and he's made films that aren't really for that, or, like the Sherlock films aren't watched by the same people that are watching Snatch, yeah, and Lockstock. I suppose you're right. It's it's very action based for a Sherlock Holmes film, really, isn't it? But I this this is maybe my favorite Guy Ritchie film that I've seen. You liked it better than Aladdin. Oh, that's true. I do like Aladdin. So it's my second favorite Guy Ritchie film. I'll say that, other than Sherlock. Uh, I would say this is probably my favorite Guy Ritchie film as well. Um, it's the least Guy Ritchie Guy Ritchie film that I've seen. If yeah. that makes sense, because I mean, I do like A Man from Uncle, though. To be fair, I do, but it's got a lot of weird transition screens and like a lot of time. The camera splits the screen, but at a weird angle. It's, it's very Guy yeah, Ritchie. It's, the, sti- it's stylistic yeah. in the way that Guy Ritchie likes to be. You get a little bit of this at the beginning as they establish the main like um, film trope, like the idea that this is going to be like a pitch. Yeah. So you like when Hugh Grant's character is talking about film and like filming it on the old school reels and that sort of stuff. The filters and stuff change, but other than that. There's not too much of it. It's not overly stylistic, which I like. Yeah. It it's... feels like it has a voice, but it doesn't feel like it's shouting at you. Yeah, that's true. I would say this is... Yeah, I would agree with that statement. This is the the, the least Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie film, which sounds like an insult to him, really, but it's a compliment of this movie, I guess. So, well done. I, re- I like this film more than I thought I did. I like this film more than I thought I would. Yeah, that's fair going into it. Uh, to be honest, I before um you and uh and Isaac um mentioned going to see this, I it wasn't even really on my radar to be honest, but I'm glad that I went to see it. Yeah, I'm glad I went as well. Uh like I said before, I would recommend going to see it. One hundred percent, yeah. One hundred percent. I would uh I, I think if even if you aren't into like gangster movies and you are not really into um uh uh you know guy writes your films this is still an enjoyable movie don't take your girlfriend to go see it though there were quite a few people there there were quite a few couples there when we went to see it and i would say definitely don't take your girlfriend to go see it because unless she's really into like the violence and stuff it's it's a very violent film it's not as comically violent as say kingsman 
No. Where yeah. there's like a man who gets put into a cheeseburger machine. Yeah. I forgot about that scene. But <laughs> yeah, that was, to be honest, I, I found that scene pretty hard to watch. Right. So I think I've figured out what our format for these podcasts are. Okay, go on. It's just basically just two friends just chatting about a movie. That's pretty much what I put in the description. Yeah. When I put it up. Yeah, it. I mean, there is there is pretty much no order to this. To this. We're going back no. and forth like there's like, like nobody's business. Maybe we will sort of slip organically into a format, um, over the over time. Yeah, when we get more used to it. But at the moment, I'm quite enjoying just just having a chat. Actually, I think is there anything else about this film that I want to say? Not really. To be honest, before we started recording for the podcast, it was uh, I I had I was struggling to recall specific things to talk about because i it was one of those movies where i know i enjoyed it but i don't remember what i enjoyed yeah and then we pretty much just sat here and said i liked this bit i liked this bit i didn't like this bit i liked this bit yeah i'll tell you one thing that i really liked is and i've I've mentioned it briefly before is when matthew mcconaughey sort of switches and he goes quite threatening and there is something so satisfying about just just you know, che- like terrifying somebody, like, but in a really calm voice. Like when it, yeah. when he when he revealed to Matthew that he knew what he what he'd done, and he and he started talking about him going into the freezer and not coming out until he's wired the money. I was like, oh shit, this is good. like he. If if I was Matthew, I would be probably literally pissing myself. And then and then he and then he snapped even more. When he started talking about like how his wife got um uh got involved in it, and then he just he just lost it, and, yeah. and I was just like, "Fuck me, Matthew McConaughey is terrifying." Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. I would love to see him as a villain or something. He is a villain in Dark Tower. I haven't seen it, but I, I'm I've heard he's a villain. <laughs> uh, the trailers told me he was a villain. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see him as. Let me think, Harvey Dent. Because yeah. that contrast of what you're saying would be really good for like Two Faced just like screaming at people and then Harvey Dent just being like creepy, calm talking. Well, yeah, I agree with that actually. I think he would make a really good one because he's he's very charismatic, which is what you need from Harvey Dent. And to be to be honest, he'd probably have that from Two Two Faced as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and like you say, when he when he snaps, he's very believable. So there you go, Warner Bros. There's our casting uh, opinion, our casting choice. Although I do. Hmm. I do like it when Harvey. This is. I mean, when I was just talking about Batman villains, but I do like it when Harvey Dent's sort of the same age as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and I don't think um, Matthew McConaughey is a similar age to Robert uh, Robert Pattinson. No, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh, well done. I mean, he's he's a vampire, so he's thousands of years old. So yeah, he's much older than Matthew McConaughey. That's very true. That's very true. I just clicked on me that he's. He he was a vampire. That's pretty much what his breakout role was, and now he's playing a, a bat-related character again. It's funny it's come full circle on that man. Full bat circle, like two batarangs tip to tip. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, um, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think there's anything else to to talk about in this movie. I enjoyed it. It was very very fun to watch. It was very funny. Uh, all the performances were very good. Uh, and I think if you, I mean, you have watched it by now. Otherwise, you'd be watching a spoilers 
review or talk without watching the movie, in, in which case, what is wrong with you? Oh, I do actually, I remember, I have a complaint. Okay. Wait, I don't think we've actually criticised anything in this film, yeah? No, to be, I can't, it's again, again, it's it's a good movie, I can't think of what I enjoy, but I also can't think of what I not didn't enjoy, what I disliked. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like a, going out for a meal and having a pretty good burger. Yeah, yeah. It, it was fine, I would have it again, not right now though, but I will say, um, I thought the pay- pacing, with it being very conversational for a lot of it, I did think sometimes the pacing was off, and when these conversations are going on and they're just cutting between very small scenes, I was kind of like, "Come on, Hugh Grant, you know, I I know there's a fight or a chase or something coming up, and I want to I want to get to it." Yeah, I got that, and, and it was probably twenty minutes too long for me. Yeah, th- some of the things in the middle there as well, I thought were uh, went on for a bit too long, like the when they were chasing the um the the three teenagers for the mobile phones after the guy yeah that's a that's a really extended sequence yeah it was needlessly it was needlessly long i thought it it, it, you could to be honest you could have ended it after they caught the first guy oh we uh, we haven't actually talked about the most important set of characters the ninja rap thief group oh yeah the toddlers the coolest people who upload their fights to youtube but also as part of a music video yeah i mean real criminals very bad idea mm-hmm. fictional criminals solid yeah it's a really good hook yeah definitely like if you're gonna commit a crime don't upload the evidence unless you're gonna make a dope video music video out of it in which case go for it <laughs> yeah. i would really appreciate that they, gonna... they tried to hide their hide their identity on the, on the music video it didn't really work very well though no because they're gonna. People are gonna know who they are. Yeah. Some uh, of them just don't hide it as well. No. Yeah. They wear ballad. Well, ski masks. Mm-hmm. Um, but they take them off for the music video and just put like a black line over their eyes, and that's not really enough. No. Especially when they're all wearing them them cool like tweed tracksuits in all in different colors. <laughs> yeah, like the the tartan. Like they're yeah. weird chavy Power Rangers. Oh god, I those characters I really liked. They are kind of like weird Chevy Power Rangers as well. Yeah. The fighting style is very flips and stuff. Yeah, it was very um, parkour-esque. Mm-hmm. I love that parkour is making a comeback. <laughs> yeah. It went away for a while. Parkour, but parkour. Parkour. <laughs> now parkour's back. But I think that did affect the pacing, and I think that extended sequence, this, they keep going back to that fucking barbecue table. And yeah, it was cool. And yeah, I really want one. But oh God, I really they want. were there for like... I felt like thirty minutes at one point. Yeah, I mean, that I don't think that that slowed the pace down. I think that was, I think I mean those conversations needed to happen, um, and I don't think it matters too much where those conversations were, um, well, well you know where they were happening, happening, but they did bring up and talk about the barbecue table a bit too much, I suppose. Like you didn't need all of that. All of that no, dialogue. No, but then they do it again at the end with in the daytime. Yeah, they talk about it again, but only briefly though. From what it's, I, it's still quite a slow scene though. I think yeah, like for... the whole. I don't just mean they're talking about it, but like all the stuff set around it. When Colin Farrell and Charlie Hunnam are there and they're doing the the deal with Hugh Grant, it just feels like a bit of a slow sequence. I think it is a slow sequence, but I honestly can't think of how you would speed it up because it's it's pretty much all exposition. Like yeah, it's... but it's the climax of the. F- I don't want the climax of my film to be exposition. Uh, yeah, I I guess establish it earlier on. 
Yeah, well, no, because the, the whole point is that he, he was like his all his whole idea is like he's he's revealing this. He's talking to them and he's revealing all of his, you know, all the things, all the data um, and all the information that he's gathered, and that's the whole point. So I don't know how you would speed that up. Mm. Yeah, I see what you mean. Oh, and then actually that leads us on to the cameo of the film, Guy Ritchie as himself. I think. I think I missed that. He, I think the guy. Is either supposed to be or it is the guy that Hugh Grant pitches the film to in the film studio. Oh, I think yeah. that's supposed to be Guy Ritchie because he has he has a man from Uncle Post. That's what he has. Around. He has a man from Uncle Post and something else. I think he has a snatch post. Yeah, or something uh, to be honest, th- I've I've watched interviews with um <laughs> uh, with Guy Ritchie and I can't think of what he looks like. Actually, to be honest, no, it threw me initially because he wasn't wearing a flat cap. Yeah, and then like yeah. a whip and a, ho- yeah. a whippet jacket. Yeah, th- he has hair. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he did. I think he was bald, actually. Well, that shows how much of an impact it made. Yeah, it 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 didn't need to happen. I guess that scene. I mean, it was funny, I guess, but it didn't. It need also to happen. brings really interesting questions into the world of like, has that version of Guy Ritchie made all these films? So is Charlie Hunnam's character going? That's weird. In his this King Arthur film, there's a guy that looks exactly like me. Yeah, it's a weird fourth wall break that didn't need to happen. No, but I guess if you, it's one of them things where if you think about anything's, you can think about anything too much. This really isn't a film to go into where you're going to be like, I'm going to analyse every little detail. I'm going to think about it loads. I'm going to sit on a podcast for nearly an hour and talk about it. No, it's it's a it's a fun oh, romp. Oops, <laughs> it's a fun romp. You don't really need to think about it too much. I enjoyed it. I. I would watch another film like it again. I don't think I'd watch this one again. I don't need because uh, I mean the the thing the things that you enjoy most mostly. I don't think you enjoy them as much a second time around. If we were with somebody who didn't who hadn't seen it, and somebody we were around somebody's house and they had the DVD and they were like, "Oh yeah, we were gonna watch it." I was like, "Yeah, let's get some beers and we'll watch it and maybe talk through it a little bit." Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. That, I, I wouldn't want to like throw myself off a balcony. No, but it. Like you say, it's. I don't need a sequel. I don't need this to become a cinematic universe. Oh God, no! It's fine. I just, it was. It was good. Yeah. I feel like I'm really middling on this, and I like to have. I like to either love something or hate it, but I'm really just middling on this. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, the way I'm talking about it, it's. It sounds like I'm a bit on like it's. It's. It's all right, but no, I real. I really quite enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. As I'm well. not sure if it, I think that might be more to do with I wasn't expecting much from it. See, I think I'm the exact opposite. I was expecting quite. I actually thinking about it now. The trailers did get me really intrigued, and then it was just it was as good as. That's a fair assessment, and I think that would that's that's going to do it. Yeah. yeah, I think that I literally think that's literally everything I have to say about this film. Yeah, and I I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel still if I wanted to continue with talking about it. Uh so yeah, enjoy my movie. Uh fun with friends. Go see it if you haven't already, and I hope you have already, because if not, we have just ruined the entire movie for you. Yeah. Uh and just sort of little I know I know the audio quality on the last one was a li- little bit up and down in parts where I literally just try to learn this sort of stuff as we go along. Hopefully, I've messed about with it a little bit. Hopefully, this one will be better. But if it's not, um, we are tweaking it. And hopefully, maybe might bring in sometime soon somebody else who knows a bit more about this sort of stuff. But hopefully, the the content and stuff that's being put out is enjoyable enough that if the audio isn't absolutely you know crisp and absolutely perfect, that it's still sort of enjoyable to listen to and 
And yeah, I hope you, I'm hoping you are enjoying this listening to us. Is there a movie coming out soon that we might include on next on the next podcast? I think we're gonna go see um Jojo Rabbit. Right, okay, yeah. I I mean I'm really up for seeing that. Yeah. That hopefully that will be one that we either love or hate. I mean it's got Hitler in it. I have some pretty I don't like to rock the boat and be really controversial, but I have some pretty strong opinions on Hitler and the things that he did. Yeah, again, controversial. He's not a nice man. No. I dislike him. Let's not give away how we, you know, (laughs) let's not put spoilers in how we feel about Hitler. If you want to know our feelings, good or bad, about Hitler and the things that he did and the things that he painted. Mostly bad. I I can't think of anything good. Well, we'll we'll have to see this film, the documentary film, Jojo Rabbit, about his life and find out. (laughs) Right, so I guess until next time, goodbye. All right, see you next week. Bye now.